coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. We're getting started again with the podcast. This is this is good stuff. Yeah, it's good to be back in it. Uh, with uh, we had the gap between season two and season three, and uh, we have a story for you, don't we, Mike? Yeah, it's just so good to be back in the office, and you know we have a story that we need to share. People need to hear it. Yeah, we do. So. Let's let's get let's get going with our uh, with our story here, Michael. It's, uh, we have what we should let them know that this is probably going to be a three part series. I mean, this will be a three part series. This is kind of epic stuff, but uh, really good stuff. So, so we have some listeners uh, that listen into our podcast, and we have clients across the continental United States, coast to coast. And north to south, and uh, EGS is doing really well. So we had one of our clients reach out, um, one of the leadership, and 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 they uh, they said, hey, we have a plant that has some issues, and uh, would like you to go down there and take a look at it and see if you can help us out. We know it's it's COVID, and you guys are vaccinated, and you can you can get there from where you're at. So uh, want you to engage. And, uh, we took that challenge, you know, we, we, we teach a lot of stuff. We preach a lot of stuff in our classrooms and our seminars. And, and then we decided to put it into practice, didn't we, Mike? Yeah. And I think, uh, I think the first thing that we found when we got there was, uh, was really important for the success of, of this venture. And that was, we found, um, a handful of leaders that uh, were dedicated and committed to their work and uh, just good people. Um, and uh, I was so pleased to, you know, to find that because sometimes we walk into a hornet's nest where you have people who are mean-spirited and uh, not good people people and, you know, with that, it's just not what we found. No, it's been, uh, it's been absolutely awesome. I mean, we walked in. Uh, we spent some time really reviewing the area, reviewing the people, the uh, equipment, and uh, really kind of listening to their story. And and so we started deploying some education right off the bat. And uh, and we were kind of paying attention to the current leadership. Good people. Good, good people. Saw the earth kind of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to give Dave props because, uh, you know, right out of the box, after we kind of did our initial assessment, um, we did some visioning, which is, uh, you know, 10 years of platform leadership development work on my part. I always believed in the centrality of establishing a vision. And so Dave really did come in and, and we did an exercise over the course of a couple of days where we helped them help us to articulate a vision for them for their future that was so compelling that uh, it, it became a tractor beam for all the work that we did after that. Right. And it, it was really powerful. Yeah. Really and, powerful. 
And uh, this company was struggling with uh, profitability, with margin, with just on time, uh, with turnover, um, leadership working their tail off, just running in circles, just just working hard, lots of pressure. And uh, just a few things, few gears weren't lining up and, and they weren't getting the plant where they wanted to. Great quality, uh, phenomenal team, good talent, but just, uh, you know, things weren't moving the, the way it should be. And uh, just out of respect for this phenomenal team, don't really want to divulge too much, but they, they were, they had some gaps that uh, they were having a hard time understanding and fulfilling and communicating those gaps to senior leadership. So where senior leadership would say, hold on a second, I need to get over there and help you out. So that uh, that whole full circle needed to happen. And, and uh, it, it, it was a real pleasure to dive in because of the type of people these guys were. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, they, Men and they, women. they were not accustomed to winning. And uh, they wanted to win. wasn't They weren't quite sure, you know, what levers to pull. What did they need to do differently to to to, to turn into a winner? And um, so, you know, right sizing that culture was one of the first things that we did after we uh, we did the visioning. Because again, we started out with just great people. And, yep. Uh, yep. Made made the work fulfilling. Um, Love those guys down there now. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, uh, some some awesome men and women in that in that uh, in that team. That uh, we really spent a lot of time understanding the gaps, seeing where things are, and then kind of saying, "Okay, this is where you want to go. What's it going to take to get there?" And a couple things were, you know, employee engagement, uh, human capabilities were were not at the level they wanted wanted them to be. So. And you'd walk around the shop floor and you could see some faces, some scowls and not many smiles. And, and uh, so you, you start taking a peek and saying, you know, why is this? You know, the leader cares deeply about what's going on. Um, the leader is busting their tail trying to get somewhere. Um, you know, how do you help this? So first thing we did is, is we took a look at, we evaluated everybody. We kind of understood where everybody was and kind of, we try to meet them where they were, right, Mike? Sure. Yeah. Now, who who are the um, who are the long term players with a great deal of tenure, but uh, we're doing one year, you know, ten times, one year, fifteen times, and then who are the people who had tremendous amount of tenure, who had a who were committed to the success of the plant, and uh, were trying to grow themselves, and and were contributing mightily to. To the, to the work that was being done, so we, it, it was not that difficult to to sort people out. Right, right, and and one thing you got to understand is these people were all really they were really good people. They are really good people, and they're putting forth as much, if not more, effort at that point in time than they are today. And uh, so it wasn't that you didn't have good people; they weren't working hard. That wasn't that's not in the mix. I mean, if you're, we were watching managers work tremendous hours tremendous effort carrying the whole load on their shoulders and trying to do it by themselves and it was really wearing on people wasn't it yes but it was it was the classic scenario day where you can have a players b players c players you know neutron and jack would say you break your organization into a player b players c players and and uh, the greatest majority are b players and on either end of the poles are the a players and the c players and um 
you know, managers will spend 80% of their time on the C players when they really should be spending 80% of their time on the A players. And so we saw that classic issue there. And uh, one thing, one way to, to deal with that is to try to, you know, take a disposition on the C players so, mm-hmm. that, so that your leadership team is not committing all their time and energy to trying to turn these C players around. So after, after a couple months of engagement, um, we had some shifts around and, and so they actually brought Mike and I in and say, okay, this is your plan. Go ahead and make a correction. And they're like, you guys say you can do this, go do it. Here's your plan. Keep us posted, give us a download, have regular meetings. This is where we are. So we were able to retain a hundred percent of the management, everybody in critical roles up top stuck around. Everything was great as far as retention. And then once, and then we started going out and spending time with employees, doing some fist bumps, you know, cause you don't run really shaking hands and giving hugs these days. Right, right, right. You know, but, uh, starting to pay attention to the metrics, starting to pay attention to the data and seeing, Hey man, these guys are really good. And the, the people that really performed, we would go up to them and say, Hey, you did a great job. And I'll never forget, we went up to one person and we, we noticed there's like, typically it was 15 things went through their area at one time. And one day it was like 18 things. And I went up to this person and I said, you did really good yesterday. And that person broke down into tears and told me, you know, I've been working here for 15 years and no one ever just told me a good job. And it wasn't because people didn't think that person did a good job. It was just because that person, the leadership, didn't know how important it was to say good sure, job. Sure, sure, right? Yeah, and, and and the leadership was definitely, and it still is. And even when we're down there, we're caught up in that whirlwind. I mean, there's just so many things going on mm-hmm. um, because it's a, it's a complicated product, and uh, and and yeah, so it, there's always a lot going on, and it's easy to get caught up in the whirlwind. And uh, we get there on Sunday and we leave on Friday and it's, it's Friday already. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how fast the days pass. So over time, you can, you can lose that. that, right. uh, that you, you forget that people still need um, to be heard and to be encouraged and to be recognized. Yep. And, and through that recognition process, we kind of sorted out the main players that were pulling the rope and moving the wagon into business. And, and we just made sure they were getting paid the right amount of money. You know, we made sure that uh, if somebody was low, you brought them up, you know, uh, or you at least said thank you, or you told them, hey, you did a great job here. And it wasn't really chasing the fact that trying to make anybody happy. It was the fact that we started really recognizing hard work. And and Dave, I want to I want to stress that point that you just made because uh, you know when you're leading an organization. Um, the, the tendency is to not make these um, big corrections, like you know, you're driving the car in the snow, and you don't want to make major corrections. Cause mm-hmm. But uh, because we came in as consultants, we were like, we're going to make some major corrections as it related to compensation. And I think it was at that point that they really became believers. They're like, these guys are investing in us, right? Well, the, and the and the company, the corporation stood behind us all the way. Hats off to 
to everybody in, in the process. But uh, as we engaged and started meeting people and recognition and, and started talking to people, I mean, walk around the floor every day, and, you know, looking at people in the eye, telling them, hey, man, nice to see you. You know, at, hey, it's uh, you doing good? You know, paying attention to looking in somebody's eye when they're not doing good and asking them. Uh, when you walk around, of course, Gemba is a big thing. And when you're walking around Gemba and you notice metrics where people are standing out and you start telling them. And then the people that aren't, aren't pulling the wagon, the people that are not interested at all in being successful, you have to deal with that. Whether it's reprimand or whatever it is, but you have to deal with that. So we dealt, we dealt with some of that and, uh, and, and we corrected a lot of that, right? Sure, and, sure. Uh, but with that encouragement and engaging the team, all of a sudden, the team started engaging us. And so we read this book, a good friend of ours gave it to us and, and Mike and I both geeked out on it. It's, uh, it's Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And I bought copies of, of it to this team that was just starting to get engaged. And we went through it and I said, this is how important it is. You need to own your position. This is yours, you need to own it. And this wasn't like, hey, buy a book, read a book, have a conversation. This was have a conversation today, have us a conversation this afternoon, have a conversation tomorrow, have a conversation tomorrow afternoon. And it took weeks of talking, what does ownership look like? What do you expect it? What does this mean, right? And no, if something is wrong in your area, you raise your hand. If someone doesn't listen to you, you go up the chain until somebody listens and the or sets you straight and say, no, it's not really the issue, this is the issue. But as an operator, as a cell lead, as a junior manager, as a senior manager, if you see something broken, you need to say something and own it, right? It, especially when you have an engaged culture. If you have a toxic culture, that can be almost dangerous to do that. But if you don't, this culture started changing because we started meeting them where they were and engaging them. So they started, they felt free to start really bringing those things up. And that's kind of where you were. You were instrumental in listening and being part of this and having conversations, right? Yeah, and they were so engaged in the conversation. I mean, you know, we had one guy, we weren't quite sure you know, what the story was, and boy, we we given them a platform to have some dialogue about some of these things, mm -hmm. and they just came on fire. I mean, it was people People that were ready to leave, people that people looked around and said, why are they here? Yeah. People yeah. that looked at, looked at other people saying, that person would never make it, that person can never do that job, surprise the crap out of Mike and I like wow these guys because we we looked them in the eye and said you can do this yeah we said hey this is what winning looks like what do you think and they're like well I used to do that before and it wasn't winning before and we're like that's winning for us today right you can do this right on and they're like I can do that yeah we had managers say I don't know if I'm, I should be the guy I don't know if I should be the the gal to do this you know I don't know I don't know and you look at me in the eye and say no you're here this is what you're going to do you are the guy you are the gal you're going to do this and you start believing in people and you start pushing them and being clear in your expectations and and engaging them and and you know go around saying good morning is so valuable people really kind of pass up on it but as you engage and you lay out a clear vision and you lay out it lay it out in front of god and everybody sure sure you know one thing we started doing is monthly meetings town halls for every shift and yep that means you got to be there for three shifts right sure <laughs> but every shift and you have a presentation and you show people this is what we do and this is what we're about and these are our goals and this is how we're going to get there and by the way 
We could never, ever, ever do this without you. You are so important to us. And people start brightening up. Yeah, Dave, I, I think that was a, a major milestone in, in our efforts to right-size the culture is uh, they saw us being open and notorious about you know, what we were going to do. We would just, this is the game that's, going to count, that's on the calendar and this is how we're going to play it. And they would say, uh, are you sure? I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't know about that. No, absolutely we're sure. And, and, and you're the people who are going to get it done. And then they start winning on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, and you know, it's 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 that's how you change culture. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It was pretty. It's been nothing but an honor and a pleasure working with these men and women, um, and just enjoying watching this growth, enjoying watching people kind of come alive, because you got to listen. I mean, not only are you talking to people, not only are you instructing people and leading people, but sometimes you just shut up and you listen to, maybe it's taking a minute and listening to somebody's story. Maybe it's taking a minute and saying, I've been saying this for five years. We have a problem. Please listen to me. And you just shut up and listen and say, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Absolutely. And this three-part series is about a 90-day, 90, 90 to 100-day um, transition. So... I'm sure that uh, there'll be some of you in the listening audience that say, well, you said this is going to be a turnaround story, and you're starting with culture, and we want to tell you, that's how you turn around an organization. You have to start with the culture. And uh, I'm, many of you would say, we don't have time to do that <laughs> culture thing. Don't have time not to. You don't have time not to. If you want to do it in 90 days, you have to start with the culture. Yeah, You know why? Because I'll just paint a word picture for you. Imagine a rope going through your facility. What that rope represents is the culture. And that rope needs to go one direction. That direction is toward profit, toward success, toward winning. And every hand in your organization should be on that rope and pull in one direction. That's what culture does. Without culture, you're missing all those hands. And it's just one leader pulling that whole, call it a four inch rope of 500 feet long and they're pulling it all by themselves. The chances are of that one person moving, it's slim to none. In fact, say that leader and four of his cohorts, they couldn't hardly move that rope. But you take 130, 150 people, and not only can you pull the rope, but you can pull the bulldozer on the other side of the rope. So that's what culture is. You have to get all the hands on the rope, and you have to start pulling in one direction before you do anything else. Because if people aren't aligned, People aren't going in, in one direction. And you can't ever push a rope. If you ever tried to push a rope, you don't go anywhere. you got to pull it. you got to pull it. And that's what culture is. Absolutely. I, I, I love that word picture. And as we, we spoke about articulating a vision that became the tractor beam, that's that's what's mm -hmm. pulling the rope. Yep. Well, that's laying the rope out, right? Yeah. The rope is straight. It goes in this direction. And this is how you pull it. And, and this is the bus. If you read that book. Good to great. One of the things they say is this is the bus and the bus is going in this direction. Get on the bus. So, and it's so critical. And But you got to paint a compelling picture to people believe in it and say, I've been wanting this for years. Absolutely. And, and all these leaders, uh, great men and women that came together in a cohesive group pulling the rope in one direction. And next thing you know, it's the lead people got involved. And then the people have been running machines that have been kind of like, ah, kind of skeptical. They start getting on the rope. Now everybody's on the rope. And then if somebody's not on the rope, somebody that is pulling rope smacks that person around, 
you know, not really, but gets and says, no, you get in line. Yeah, when the team starts policing itself, and we start seeing evidence of that, the team policing itself. You know, you've got it. Yeah, we knew we knew we were headed in the right direction. And then, and then we've really started noticing this in the last thirty days. The good people that have left the organization want to come back. That's right. People that have left and said, "Sayonara, buddy," and we're actually turning some people away because we got what we need. We're doing really well, but the good people are actually the good people that have left in the past, as talented, skilled people, they're wanting to come back and we're having just phenomenal reaction. And and we're hitting we're hitting numbers off certain processes we've never seen before. We're hitting margins that we've never seen before. You know, on and we're in the ones that aren't doing well, we know what to do to fix it. So it was really it's such it was like I said, it's such a pleasure to be a part of it. But Right size in the culture, ninety days is—it's kind of—it's not normal to be able to do that. Um, usually, that takes about a year to to right size a culture, a year to eighteen months. Um, yeah, but it takes a—it takes a—you can you can shorten that time period just by being bold and brash and uh, well, I'm brash. Might, I don't know about brash. But yeah, it might be easier for us to do that as consultants, but. Really, if you're the business owner, I'm not sure why you don't have a license to be brash as well. That's well, a, if you're the same person that's been in front of them and they got them to a point where they needed to turn around, sometimes you're hard to listen to. It's hard to listen to. You're, so you're it's profit in your own land. So it's uh, so it's one of those situations that uh, we put the things that we know in the place, everything we've been teaching, and we flipped we flipped the culture in ninety days and. And it's, I'm not saying that to brag on who we are. Uh, we know, we know after, you know, 50 years, 60 years of combined experience, we know what works. But uh, just the power of EGS and the power of caring and the power of the education and the depth that we, we provided to our clients. Uh, and this client in particular, where we were just, we were all in for a short period of time. Uh, is highly, highly effective. So Dave, what's our next uh, session gonna, what are we gonna share in that next session? Next session is gonna be all about systems um, and why you need systems. Now that once you got your culture energized and the culture's moving and everyone's on the rope pulling one direction, now you need to know, okay, is it right foot first or is it left foot, left foot first? How do you know that? What is that? So we're gonna break that down a little bit. But uh, culture's not crazy hard. You lay the rope, you point the direction, get everybody on the rope, you get everybody pulling, and you really, you encourage and you engage and you recognize, and you do that, and you don't, you're not inconsistent. You gotta be consistent with this, and your culture, your culture will make a change. And if you're having trouble, um, reach out to us. We, we know how to help you. But uh, we, we at EGS, Mike and I, and, uh, and our team, we love people. And we love success and what profit does for people, which how it rolls back into the team and what it does for the ownership and what it does for the company and investment is phenomenal. And that tool affects and changes lives and it enhances lives and enhances product and enhances everybody's job. So it's so important. And that's why we're talking to you about it today. Right on. Right on. We at 
EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.